deals in money, we are constantly seeking deals in money as real estate investors. And I bet you're having a challenge right now, especially with deals, if you're like most real estate investors, because it's tough to find deals right now. But here's the thing. There's a competitive advantage out there that when implemented, it will help you accomplish your objective of getting more deals and or getting more investors. And that is having a great follow-up system. Having a great follow-up is one of the keys to success in real estate. And follow-up boss is the leading CRM for real estate. This is the system you need in place so you can reach out to owners and brokers directly for deals, or you can follow up with your investors and you do it all in one spot. The CRM makes it 10 times faster to call and text owners, then integrates those into a software so nothing slips through the cracks. The follow-up boss conversion system and powerful management tools help align your methods and drive growth that otherwise it could have been missed and probably would have been missed. Go to followupboss.com forward slash best ever to get a system in place. And if you need help, they got you covered. Follow Up Boss offers experts seven days a week. You can pick up the phone and speak to an actual human being anytime during business hours. Visit followupboss.com forward slash best ever to check out how much time you could save by streamlining your follow-up process. Best ever listeners, they're treating you extra special. You get an extended 30-day free trial, twice the length of the normal trial for a limited time. Go to follow boss.com forward slash best ever and perfect your follow-up. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Even like starting investing, starting raising private money, hiring somebody, hiring VAs, training a team, Everyone wants to get really comfy before they jump in. But if you just jump in and figure it out, sometimes you fail fast, fail often, and you get further faster. Best ever listeners, I'm excited to introduce you to our newest host that we're bringing on to the team. His name is Slocum Reed, along with myself and Ash. Slocum will be providing value to every interview he does. I've known Slocum for years, and I've watched his portfolio continue to grow. He currently owns and operates 65 units, including converting three units into an office building. So he's an owner-operator. He's coming from certainly a different perspective than I have. I know he's going to bring his expertise and cut through the fluff and get the best real estate investing advice ever for you. So welcome, Slocum Reed. Best ever listeners, welcome to Cincinnati's best ever real estate investor mastermind. We meet on the last Tuesday of every month in the Deer Park Community Center, and we hope that you listeners have the opportunity to join us. Here with us today, we have Soli Cayetano. Soli is in the process of moving to Cincinnati from the Bay Area in California. She is a 24-year-old real estate investor who in her first 15 months as an investor has bought 25 doors, consisting of a few flips and buy and hold properties ranging from one to 10 units. She's used a combination of conventional financing, commercial, private money, partnerships, and hard money to finance these projects. And she has met some of her private money through social media, which is something I hope we get to talk about. Soli, why don't you give us a little bit more about your background and what you're currently focused on? Sure. Thanks for having me. I'm excited today. So I'm originally from California. My background is in commercial real estate. So I was a broker for quite a few years and then transitioned into residential investing. I decided to come to Cincinnati to invest because of my background in commercial real estate. We were doing a 
big deal here in Cincinnati. Saw the market, ate some really good food, met some great people and was sold. So I bought my first house mid pandemic. It was June of 2020 and was hooked on real estate investing after that, bought a bunch over the next 15 months, I've flipped, I bought and held launching an Airbnb next month, which I'm really excited about. And that brings us here today. That first one that you bought, was that in Cincinnati? It was, it was in Norwood. While you were living in the Bay Area? Off of Zillow, 2,500 miles away. I bought it side and scene, put an offer in side and scene. I guess it sounds a little bit crazy now, but <laughs> it wasn't so bad when I did it. Gotcha. Well, if I can ask briefly, what has come of that? Single family you bought off of Zillow site unseen since then? So I put about 15 grand into the renovation. It appraised for $155,000. What'd you buy it for? $100,000. Okay. Yeah. I wish I could still find a $100,000 house in Norwood, but it appraised for $155,000. Six months later, I refinanced all but $7,000 out. It rents nice. for $1,500 a month, makes me about $600 a month. And I still self-manage that one. Yeah. So your return on investment is about 100%. 80% to be exact. 80%. <laughs> so only an 80% cash on cash return after the refi. Nice. I know a couple of things about you. This isn't our first time having a conversation. And one of the reasons that I wanted to make sure I got you in front of these people and in front of our best ever listeners is because I know that there are things that you're doing that I need to learn from when it comes to real estate investing. And there are a couple of them in particular that I want to ask you about. The first is your social media presence, I know is a big deal for your investing. I was a freshman in college when Facebook was allowed for any university email address. And ever since then, I've gotten further and further away from the cutting edge of social media. Tell me what it is that you do with regards to real estate investing and social media. So it started as just a way to, I guess, vlog my first property. So after I bought the first one, I flew out to Cincinnati. I learned how to use a drill. I slept on the floor. I got food poisoning. I had my car broken into and I vlogged the whole thing. And I guess people grabbed onto the authenticity of sharing on social media, some of the really tough things about your first property. So it started to snowball. I didn't think anyone would follow me but my mom, but it kind of grew an audience. And now I, I raise a lot of private money off of social media. So I've had my Instagram for probably, I don't know, a year and a half maybe by now and have raised, I don't know, half a million to a million dollars from people that I met off the internet. And it's surprisingly easy because I feel like they know me and they follow me every day because I vlog every day. And so when we have conversations, the first thing that usually comes out of their mouth is I feel like I know you. So it's a lot easier to build credibility that way. Nice. So you come to Cincinnati because you bought a house in Norwood, you get food poisoning, and now you're raising capital through Instagram. <laughs> well, it's easy. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I want to ask, is Instagram the only social media platform that you're sharing real estate investing on? Right now, yes. But I hear Twitter is the next big thing, which is funny because it's coming back around. But I hear all the biggest real estate investors and crypto traders and all sorts of things are sitting on Twitter right now. So something to consider. Gotcha. So Instagram has been good for you. Just an opportunity to share your experience with the world that has turned into garnering interest from people who have capital who are looking for a return. Can you tell us how that kind of progressed? How long you were posting? how frequently you were posting and when you started to gain traction? 
My first private money lender was my mother who I didn't ask her for private money, but she told me I've been watching your Instagram for the past three months. I really want to be part of this. Can I invest with you? And I didn't even know what private money was at that point and didn't know how to structure it, how to raise it, anything like that. But because she asked me, I was like, well, okay, like let's do this thing. So I have her as a debt investor. And I guess we'll talk about difference between debt and equity, but that was my first foray into private money raising, I guess, unintentionally. And then after that, people just started to come to me through my DMs because I talked about how I raised private money unintentionally. So then the question was, oh, what is private money? How do I get involved with private lending? And so I think through that and sharing more and more and more about how I use private money to fund deals opens up the doors with people who have a bunch of money stacked up and don't know what to do with it. So what I'm hearing is you were just sharing your experience on Instagram you were approached by your mother about helping you fund future deals. And as you continue to share your experience in real estate investing as it grew, it sounds like what that became was opportunities to educate people who are reaching out to you through Instagram. Some of those people actually looking for opportunities to get into real estate investing that you were educating them on. Yeah. And I hosted a how to raise private money seminar which was actually great marketing for me because I taught people how to raise private money. And then some people who were on the call were like, well, I don't actually want to go do it myself. But since I just heard your presentation, can I invest my money with you? So I think the more you can educate people on what private lending is and the benefits of private lending, the more interested they become in growing their wealth. Because there's so much money floating out there in the world and everyone's looking for a way to get a return on their money. And so where people think that raising money is begging people for money, it's, it's actually providing an opportunity for people to grow their wealth in alternative assets. Solely for the record, you put in your bio, your age. I didn't just pull that. <laughs> yes, um, and so I felt like I had permission to say it. Yes. I know through my conversations with you that I can see some clear advantages in your investing to being a member of Gen Z and how quickly you wanted to share your experience through social media and it not an exclusively Gen Z way, but how your age and your generation has been a benefit to you. Have you come across times when you feel like your age has been a detriment? I think I carry myself older than a 24 year old. So I've been told, so I don't usually broadcast my age to people who I meet on the street. And most people don't think I'm 24. So I don't think so. I think that people who do know and who know me from social media are pretty impressed with what I've accomplished and how well I carry myself that it's not about age. It's about experience. And I racked up a lot of experience pretty quickly. We'll get back to the show with first some sponsors. I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about what's holding you back from getting into apartment building deals. Is it knowledge, fear, inability to take action, lack of support? If it's any of these things, then I suggest you consider Deal Maker Mentoring with Michael Blanc. Michael's program is the most effective program to help you syndicate your first apartment building deal. During Deal Maker Mentoring, you'll work directly with one of Michael's experienced mentors who have successfully replaced their income with apartment buildings. They've already done what you want to do, which is become financially free. So in addition to providing their own syndication experience, They've been trained in Michael's unique deal maker blueprint designed to help you do your first deal and become financially free 
just like them in the next one to three years. To find out more, text the word Joe to 66866. I know Michael's going to get you to where you'd like to be. Again, text the word Joe to 66866. Do it right now while it's fresh on your mind, and let's get you started with your own syndication business. I'd like to introduce you to my good friends over at PassiveInvesting.com, a private equity real estate firm based out of the Carolinas. PassiveInvesting.com makes it easy for you to start investing in real estate. They focus on acquiring institutional quality apartments and self-storage facilities with private accredited investor funds. They also have a real estate debt fund that offers hard money loans to local fix and flippers across the U.S., which currently has a 0% default rate. With a portfolio of over $700 million in assets and controlling over $250 million in equity, they know how to secure the best deals and how to avoid the red flags. If you are interested in learning more, please reach out directly to PassiveInvesting.com and request the free Passive investor guide that outlines the seven red flags for passive apartment and self-storage investing. Visit PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags to download that PDF now. That's PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags. Our analytics for the podcast show, the best ever listeners are already fairly sophisticated. So I just give a quick summary when it comes to capital partners and debt partners. What a lot of people are familiar with is apartment syndication or a partnership in which Partners who are engaged in a limited capacity or limited partners have some equity stake in the deal that they're getting in the, as a result for their capital investment. And the performance of their capital in the deal ebbs and flows with the performance of the property involved. Debt investing, however, is where someone is effectively making you a loan, having some sort of interest or guaranteed return, if you can say, and The expectation is that their debt will perform whether or not the property performs as well as expected. So you've decided that you want to focus on bringing on debt partners. Can you give us a couple of examples of how you structured that now and why you choose to raise debt instead of getting capital partners? So I can keep the equity, but I think a lot of people who want equity stakes, they want equity stakes when the property is doing well, and they don't actually want to consider what happens in a worst case scenario and people lose money. So if you tell them the extreme case, the roof caves in, the building burns down and someone has to come out $50,000, do you? And usually the answer is no, I want a really passive investment and I want my return that's guaranteed. So it's out of security. I think it's a lot simpler to go debt than the person's not as nervous about what you're doing day to day and whether or not they're going to get the return that they were promised. It's just whether the building burns down or it doesn't, you're going to get your return that I promised you no matter what. So that's why I go debt. And the flip side is I get to keep keep the equity, which is great because I get the depreciation, which is very helpful for taxes. But on your question on how to structure it, so right now I'm doing anywhere between 8 to 12%, usually a nine-month term, and no points. It's either a personal guarantee if they want it, or it's a, a mortgage, like a deed to the property, a first position, if they can fund the entire project. You said 8 to 12%. It's nine months. Is that? APR. So it's annualized. Yeah, of yeah. course. 8 to 12% APR. And it's a nine month balloon. That's a pretty quick turnaround. I know you do some house flipping with debt like this. Are you also structuring it that way when you buy multifamily? No, 
that's for flipping. And I would say that people from the internet want to develop some type of trust. I guess they feel like they know me, but they also want to test the markets with their investment. And so they'll probably don't want to put money in for longer than nine months or 12 months. And they want to get that return back and then decide whether they want to reinvest it. Friends and family are more willing to keep their money in longer, a lot more patient money. And so the longest term I have is three years. There's one at two years. It's all flexible. That's the great thing about private money is you can negotiate literally anything you want with whoever you want in any structure you want. So that's for the commercial five to 10 unit burrs that I'm doing. It takes about a year to reposition them and refinance. And so in order to give an extra buffer, it's two years and I'll refinance and pay them back. When you're looking at a 12, 18 month turnaround on a multi-unit, are you making interest-only payments? Is it all accruing it paid out when you refinance? How is that structured? Depends on the project and it depends on the investor on all flips like to pay back on the back end because it helps with managing cash flow. So for flips, I'll pay back on the back end. One of the longer term bigger loans for multifamily kind of want that consistent cash flow if they're going to have it tied up for 18, 24 months. And so oftentimes we'll pay interest-only payments on the longer term. Plus, if you're talking about a 10-unit building, and I think you have a 10-unit right now, Mm -hmm. right, that you're doing this on. If you're talking about a 10-unit, there should be some revenue generated by the property in the meantime as well. Should be. Should be, yes. And of course, if you are emptying out a building, you've got no revenue until you can get tenants back in there. But that segment of the process is not 18 to 24 months. Right. So it makes more sense. Yeah. How much are you raising for your deals? So like for a flip or for a 10 unit burr, are you raising a hundred percent of the purchase and rehab? For the flips? Yes. So someone will come in and fund the entire thing. Usually it's somewhere between 150 and $200,000, something like that. For the multifamily, No. So we've been raising the down payments and the construction funds. And so for the 10 unit, we raised 400 some thousand dollars for the down payment, had a commercial loan fund, 75% of it. And then the construction's about $350,000. So it's a big one. Gotcha. And that deal is still pretty early on, isn't it? Yes. The construction is starting next week. So it's probably a four to six month turnaround time for those units because they're pretty large renovations and it'll be leased up and refinanced probably by the end of the year. Gotcha. I know you were brokering commercial real estate deals before you started investing here in Cincinnati. You've been here investing for 15 months. I know that you flip houses to build capital to invest in buy and hold deals Have you been doing it long enough yet? Or are you intending that the people who reach out to you through social media fund 100% of the cost of flipping a house and get all their money back in six to nine months? Is the plan to convert those private capital partners or lenders into lending on larger buy and hold deals in the future after you've garnered more trust? Absolutely. 
So the thought is a smaller amount of private money lenders, but better quality. So they're coming with more money, say half a million to a million dollars. They have more trust in the process because we work together. We've proven that we'll pay them back their money in the time that we told them we would. And then they feel comfortable keeping their money in long-term. Awesome. Well, Soli, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Sure. What is the best ever book you've recently read? I knew these were coming and I'm still stumped. I really liked The Comfort Crisis. It's a book on doing really hard things and some of the benefits of stretching your comfort zone. I'm going to have to read that. I haven't heard of that one yet. What is your best ever way to give back? Hmm, Probably teaching people who want to get into investing, spending time teaching them how to get started because I think I'm pretty new relatively. I still remember a lot of the feelings that I had and I still have a lot of feelings toward investing. So I think I can relate a lot better to people who are just starting out because I was in their shoes not too long ago. Nice. What is the biggest challenge you've overcome in real estate investing? Managing hundreds of thousands of dollars of renovations from California. In Cincinnati. In Cincinnati. Nice. (laughs) That's tough. Do you have any tips or lessons learned for people who are facing similar things, investing remotely with six-figure rehabs that they have to manage? I really think it comes down to having the right team in place. So I did not the best job vetting my contractors prior to hiring them. And then I made the mistake of putting one contractor on four projects and then having to fire that contractor and pick up the pieces on the back end, which is why I'm here today. So I think it really comes down to vetting people, talking to multiple people, not giving someone too much too fast and letting them earn your trust. Yeah. Contractors have been tough the last couple (laughs) of years. It's definitely felt like whoever has the labor makes the rules and the rest of us just have to play by them. Soli, what is your best ever advice? I'd say don't let not knowing stop you from doing it. I think a lot of people wait till they know that they feel comfortable or even like starting investing, starting raising private money, hiring somebody, hiring VAs, training a team. Everyone wants to get really comfy before they jump in. But if you just jump in and figure it out, sometimes you fail fast, fail often, and you get further faster. Absolutely. Now, aside from attending Cincinnati's best ever real estate investor mastermind, how can people get in touch with you? Probably my Instagram's the best way. So it's it's kind of funny, but <laughs> it's at lattes.ian.leases. I made the name when I thought no one would follow me and now it's just stuck. So <laughs> lattes that's and Leases. That's where you find me. Nice. Awesome. Well, best ever listeners, thank you for listening into our podcast. If you got some value from this conversation with Soli, please follow and subscribe to our podcast. Leave us a five-star review and share this with a friend so that we can add value to them too. Thank you and have a best ever day.